Hey guys, welcome to another episode of More Than a Podcast. It's your host James, as always, here to give you guys more of the greatness, so we're going to jump right into it. Um, got a pretty good show for you today. Um, had a, I had a pretty eventful weekend. You know, normally the show comes out on Saturday, but, you know, I've just been real busy on these uh, weekends, you know, uh, coming off these you know, work weeks and whatnot, but it's all good. You know, uh, we still get an episode out and, you know, we'll, like I said, hit you with the greatness and that's how we do it. Um, man. So in, in a little window of time that I had to myself, I entertained the thought of going back out and seeing the Batman again. Because as you uh, know, if you listened to my last episode, I thought the movie was fire. Movie is dope. Um, I love the whole film noir, uh, uh, crime noir aspect of it. You know, the kind of um, narration while he's taking action and, you know, this, that and the other. I mean, it doesn't it's not, you know, prevalent through the entire movie, but. You know, I feel like it was a good way to kind of start and end the film off. Um, I felt like for for a three hour film, I think they paced that film very, very well, Um, which I've told many people who, you know, once you tell them it's three hours and they kind of scoff and it's just like, dude, look, I've seen some three hour films that really feel like the three hours that that they are. But this film, man, I, I could barely tell. And I won't say like, you know, I felt like it was over too soon or nothing. But, you know, again, for the time that they spent, you know, telling this story, I don't feel like they missed any beats. I don't feel like it's anything that they didn't go over in the introduction of this telling of a universe. And I felt very satisfied um, walking away, you know, uh, Cause you know, there's a lot of movies. Sometimes you walk out and you're just like, Oh, I wonder what happened to him or why didn't they say more about him? It's like, nah, they, they, they fleshed everything out. Um, and I was going to take the opportunity on this episode to kind of do like a spoiler cast. But honestly, I feel like we're still in the throes of people, um, you know, seeing it for the first time and whatever. So I'm not going to go that deep, but I definitely am going to keep um, pushing the fact that it's a well done film. And man, I, I, I honestly think that any person who just likes cinema in general, because another thing that I that I feel and I and I've said this before, it's not a superhero film, man. It's not a superhero film like this doesn't really line up with you know the action flicks that we've seen in summers and you know and in new years past i mean this is this is something that is completely different as far as how they executed uh this particular story but it's enjoyable nonetheless especially if you're into like the kind of crime thriller you know who done it type stuff or you know one step behind the killer type movies like man it's it's a good one. So 
again, I highly recommend that everybody gets out and, and, and uh, takes a look at the Batman. I'm actually excited to see where they where they go um, from here. I kind of, you know, like to be quite honest, I kind of like the approach of because I, I keep, you know, the word that I keep throwing around is grounded. Like that's kind of how I look at it. I feel like this is just a more grounded version of Batman. Like this is the version of Batman that if, you know, your everyday person just figured that, you know, they wanted to be that guy that they could, you know, you know, short of short of uh, having the resources to get a suit like that together. I mean, anybody could have that Batmobile, to be quite honest, you know, but again, it would take, you know, some considerable resources. But it's not like, you know, it's not like, um, you know, like Tumblr Batmobile Batman or, or or, you know, Michael Keaton Batwing Batman. It's not like that where you're just like, it's so unbelievable. You know, it's out of the realm of of possibility nah man you you could seriously be that version of batman and anybody could be that version of the riddler and anybody could be that version of catwoman and and you know and and what i really really liked about it is that it it's it it seemed more like a street movie i mean it was just so street it was just it was just about gangsters and stuff and i just love that and um you know like my hope with them going forward is that like my hope is that they keep it kind of in the presence of of like the mobsters and all that other stuff and how he um batman kind of battles the the underbelly and the crime syndicates of gotham city um you know i was i was asking a question uh on social media where i was like yo who you know like who would be a good follow-up for you know um villains i guess you want to say and you know i got a lot of a lot of responses but what was crazy was that it was a loaded question because quite honestly me being so firm in the understanding that this is a more grounded film i wasn't giving much credit to people who were lending you know answers that more were going in that fantastical direction you know like there were some people they were like oh they got to do man bat and it's like yeah but this is not that batman you know it's not even ben affleck's batman like this is kind of you know you you like a character like that it's like not that's not even nolan's batman bro like that that has like that that's like on some I don't want to call it campy because I think, you know, man bat could be a serious, uh, a serious, um, approach, but I just think with the way that the stories are told now, it's just, it, it wouldn't fit. Somebody said Clayface. I was like, yeah, that's, that seemed cool, but he can't be like that big, you know, monster thing, like what he was in, you know, in, uh, the animated series. Um, I was thinking that maybe, you know, he could be a mobster that, you know, could be, uh, or, you know, an actor like, like he was, um, who, uh, maybe he had a few botched plastic surgeries or something like that. And maybe, you know, he just was so resentful over 
the fact that he, you know, lost his career over, you know, maybe trying to portray the Batman or Bruce Wayne or something like that. I don't know. You know, I'm not I'm not a writer, but, um, you know, like I, I wouldn't want it to be I wouldn't want it to be like that whole because then they got to like CGI it and stuff. And it's like like, again, I'm just I'm not I'm I'm more I'm more tuned into the to the realism of what we could get. Like if you told me that they were considering like a different interpretation of Ra's al Ghul, like maybe cause you know, like this is like the, the second year Batman, which, you know, that's cool. Right. So he's, he's kind of getting used to it. So I feel like, you know, in the next two films, we can, we can really kind of refine, you know, um, the Batman becoming, you know, more of the, the force that he is and like let's just make you know let's make it about him you know maybe connecting some dots in Gotham and then taking a trip you know to wherever world and and running into Razagul and you know and uh maybe getting a beat down and then learning how to fight through somebody else or whatever he needs to do to overcome that odd you know um definitely want to see more about the penguin I think that's huge i think he could definitely step up and be the next you know main villain um that would be real real cool um because i think colin farrell just did an outstanding job just portraying that character um you know i i I can't give enough credit to him i think he was definitely i think for a lot of people they probably would say like the standout uh the standout act was was catwoman and i would i would definitely agree i think she was really good but what Colin Farrell did with uh, Penguin was just phenomenal, you know, um, and I and I couldn't be more interested to see like where they could potentially go with that. Um, I think the Ventriloquist would be a good one. Um, I think Two Face would be a real good one. I think Two Face would be an amazing one because um, Two Face is one of my favorite characters. As far as uh, Batman's rogue gallery, um, because he's just you know, because he's simple, you know, he's simple. It's just I'm I'm gonna catch you, and then I'm gonna attempt to blow your brains out. I'm gonna cause chaos in the city. I'm gonna make I'm gonna bait you to come, and then I'm going to kill you. You know, like I like I don't know, like I I there I definitely liked Aaron Eckhart's uh, version because. I liked, I appreciated how they allowed that dialogue to play out. You know, the duality of, you know, um, being rageful, but also mournful, you know. Um, It was like you felt sorry for him, but you also understood why he felt the way he did. And, and man, it was just so much weight to that. And, you know, couple that with, with the amazing soundtrack that was done uh, in that movie. It was it was just too good. Um, and I don't, I, you know, I don't think that, you know, a newer version of Two-Face has to reason or, or talk as much as Aaron Eckhart did. But, you know... Um, I definitely I definitely think that this could be an opportunity to kind of put a different spin on the more sinister side, because, you know, 
you know, from 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 the perspective of the Dark Knight film, you know, it was just kind of like, you know, somebody who lost something that they completely cared about. And for that, he he lost his mind. You know, he got pushed over the edge and he started wanting to hold people accountable. You know, and he was doing what he needed to do to hold people accountable. I want to get him over that threshold where it's not so much about holding particular people accountable. It becomes the grander scale of I need to hold this city accountable, you know, because then that's a big issue that Batman uh, would need to address. And I think that will be that, that will be cool. So my 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 personal vote would be definitely two face. Um, you know, I know there were some teases of other directions, but, <clears throat> but yeah, definitely Penguin and definitely Two-Face. Um, and if I had, like I said, if I had to throw a third vote in, um, I would put the ventriloquist, <clears throat> uh, that would be cool. Or maybe they could do, you know, maybe, uh, maybe do, uh, you know, you got to put another female in there. So maybe, uh, do a. Uh, a, a kind of grounded version of Poison Ivy or or, or Harley Quinn, um, you know. I mean, it, it's so many different ways they can go about this. So, I'm 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 interested to see um, how they play out the rest of the universe. Um, I know I was having a conversation with somebody, and it was crazy because I was literally of the mindset that like like the Christopher Nolan version of Batman I think this should be separate in a way from anything that the quote-unquote DCU um is compiling together like I don't think that a Robert Pattinson you know cameo in the Flash or in Black Adam or whatever films that they plan on coming out with like I don't think that'll do um that portion of the universe any good I honestly think that they should stick with Ben Affleck's version of Batman in that universe. Um, just because it just, it just fits. It just fits and it feels good. Um, but that Robert Pattinson version of Batman, it's a whole different level and I wouldn't want them to soften up, you know, that approach and that perspective that the film has in order to accommodate for like the Easter egg effect. Like I, 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 yeah, I don't want to see his character in another uh, DC film, you know, unless it's something that is directly related. Like, obviously it would be cool if he shows up. Cause I think they're going to do uh, a, a Gotham city show on HBO max. So obviously he would have to do that, you know, maybe show up a couple episodes there. I think Zoe Kravitz could definitely hold her own and do a Catwoman movie. I would love to see a Catwoman movie with Zoe Kravitz. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, having her meet, meet a lot of different people in, in that respect. Um, man, it, it, it's, it's endless. You know, I definitely want to see more to penguin though. Like that. I like if you, if you saw the film, then you, you, you definitely recognize that that man is not done and he is only just getting started. Um, and, you know, 
I am just excited for the possibilities of what directions they could take with the Penguin. I'm telling you, man, it's whatever. Like, I know the sequel is going to be bomb. It is going to be absolutely nuts. And I'm I'm here for it. I am 110% here for it. I don't think we need to see no more Bane. Like, I'm, I'm done with Bane. I don't think Bane is like really like Bane doesn't really translate very well um, to uh, um, in a live action sense for me. You know, I think Tom Hardy did a good job, but that just wasn't it for me. And I could have done without that. Um, but it was what it was. And, I, and I'm not going to complain about the past films. I think all the past films were you know, um, great in their own right. But, you know, I, I've said this many times, there are certain characters that are, you know, just begging to be put on a, on a big screen and begging to kind of have themselves fleshed out in, in a, in a, a tone of realism. But then there are just some that just need to be kept in the comic books or in the cartoons, you know, at the very least put them in a, in a, um, in an animated, uh, one off or something like that, but I don't think you know. Like I'm, I'm done with Bane. I don't want to hear anything more about Bane. So I don't know. Like that, that's just my whole thing. I'm, I'm excited about Batman, and I think, I think a lot of people should just go continue to see Batman. Like I said, I mean, I, I was, I was actually going to go and see it this weekend, and man, I mean, the theater seemed like it was more packed this weekend than it was on the initial day I saw it. Um. But that's a good thing because, you know, the more uh, revenue that they draw, the, the the bigger the possibility that we can turn around and get that next Batman. And I'm just I'm here for it, man. Um, outside of that, let's talk about some games, man. Um, I know I talked a little bit about Triangle Strategy uh, last week. A little frustrated, man. Um, you know, it's it's crazy because going like taking it. Let, let's just let's just take it to this so everybody who is an, a jrpg fan you know i would think that you got if not love for it you at least have an appreciation for final fantasy and i myself you know like my most you know my highest uh regarded game in the final fantasy universe isn't even a part of the main series. You know, my mine is Final Fantasy Tactics, right? So that's that's where I'm at with that. So you can imagine that when Triangle Strategy was announced and when I got my hands on a demo, I was like, man, this this is going in a good direction, right? Because my thing was it was, you know, like I wanted a strategy game, absolutely, that could give me the spin of how tactics approach things. But for them to couple that with the the uh, artistic direction of, you know, the recently successful Octopath Traveler, I was like, man, this is this is going to be huge. And don't get me wrong. The game is fun, but it is absolutely unfair. It is an unfair game. And I, I and I the one thing that I dislike about certain games is like, I don't, I don't like games that f make you feel 
like you didn't think you didn't think the process through very well. It's like because it's a strategy game. So I'm obviously taking the approach to employ some type of strategy. Now, yes, the strategy could or could not work. And that and that's what it is. But it's not so much that the strategies <laughs> that the strategies are not working because because I'm making poor choices. No, it's because the enemies hit harder. There's more of them. There's an abundance of enemies. You know, like they like I, I'm at this one level right now where I'm fighting on a bridge. And I'm making an advance on this bridge, and it's crazy because it's like I can't move very far. You got two people up top. They're shooting arrows at me. You know, um, when I get hit with these arrow shots, it's taking, you know, damn near, you know, 30 to 40 percent of my health on one shot. Which means I got to get into healing people and moving people. And then you got an NPC that's on my team that's by the narration or by the story's point is one of the strongest characters in the game. You know, supposed to be on some TG Sid type level, but not coming across that way at all. There's a few times where it was his turn and he made no advance to clearing out enemies. He just stood there. He passed on his turn. And I'm like, what's this? Like, it, it, it really threw me for a loop. So I said, okay, it's cool. But what started getting me lost in, in this particular level is that I'm advancing forward. And now all of a sudden I got enemies who appear from my, from, from my rear. Okay. That's cool. Because my whole thing is let's just keep pushing forward in a strategy game. Let's continue forward and we'll just put, we'll, we'll just push force forward and escape the, the pursuers from behind. Right. But how can I employ this strategy when your NPC isn't even moving or the NPC turns around to deal with the rear attack? And I'm so far advanced forward that I, I don't have enough turns or movement space to double back and deal with that rear attack. So it, so it was so confusing and I'm just looking and then it got to the point where I'm starting to lose units now. And I was so frustrated. I was like, yo, what is going on? And I and, and to be quite honest, I've never I've never dealt with that, not even in tactics. And I definitely I definitely think it, it, it's an issue to me. Th this is this is something I'm I'm big on. If you have to have. If you got to have normal, easy and very easy as options to your game, that means that you did a poor job balancing your game. And, and I'm that's that's just where I stand. 
Now, I, I, I can agree if, if, you know, like the game asks you in the beginning, do you want to play it as intended? Do you want to challenge or do you just want to experience the story? Because then that kind of wavers you into that easy, normal heart without without without, you know, outright insulting you and saying you're bad at games. Now, I'll be transparent as heck. I've I've already I've already made the transition on the system and, and put myself on easy. Because it was too frustrating getting out of the last freaking um, battle. And, and and I think where I'm getting frustrated is because everybody's trying to build their games now in this kind of vein of Dark Souls. You know, the whole try, try again. But every game doesn't have to be that way. The only downside that I could say about tactics, right, was that you always had to know when to save. That was it. You just had to know when to save. Because I never had a problem getting beaten tactics. If I got beat, that was what it was. It was just, okay, that's what it is. But also the thing that I that I really, really dislike is that in Octopath Traveler, I'm sorry, in uh, Triangle Strategy, there's no, there's no option for you to pick up a downed party member. And you can't have a reserve party member join where, you know, like there, there's no trade-off. You just lose people and they're just gone. And, you know, if you're thinking like, oh, well, well, you do, you're doing the same thing to the to the computer. No, because like I said, there's more there's more instances where they get backup that just comes out of nowhere. And I'm just constantly against the odds. And, you know, even if the even if the view is like, OK, well, maybe you need to grind a little more grind where. They have a mode called encampment. And there's. There's an option within that mode where you can. Fight circumstantial battles like they put you in these predicaments and then you just basically um battle with you know your units and you can do those over and over again but they're so pointless because you only get them every so often per how many in story battles you 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 overcome so you're really not grinding yourself to advance so much that you can actually you know pass the the normal story you're you're simply just you you're just learning how to deal with a particular situation or circumstance and that's it it's highly frustrating it is super frustrating and again it's like i'm not saying like the game is bad i don't think the game is bad at all i think the game is is phenomenal but 
you know, if you, you can't don't 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 dare call this a tribute to Final Fantasy Tactics. Don't say this is a game for Final Fantasy Tactics fans. Nah, this is not that it that it's not. This game is difficult. I've seen people online like, oh, you know, finally got this battle done. What do you mean finally? This should have been a rip. This should like you, you know, because a part of the tactic is to understand that, hey, this could this next battle could be an overwhelming battle. I don't want to just run myself into something that I can't handle. Let me go somewhere and grind. But if you don't even have the ability to do that in this game, then what's the point? What's the point of putting me in the battle? When I'm going to get washed. So I don't know, man, I, I'm about two seconds from just chucking it and just, you know, like not even playing again. Like it's just it's a miss for me a little bit. Like I, I really, really, really want to like it. I really want to like it. But I feel like at this point I'm spoon feeding myself, you know, and and I just I can't. I'm I'm full. I'm done. I am absolutely done. Well, I mean, but we'll give it a we'll give it a go again. <laughs> I mean, we'll see if it turns around because I because I want to learn more. You know, like I made a statement earlier this week where I was like, you know, it's crazy because, you know, the story at this point hasn't really gripped me. But at this at, at this point now. It's starting to ramp up a little bit. So now I'm kind of paying attention because it's like, OK, some pivotal stuff is is happening. You know, that's the difference between you know, tactics in this game is like tactics told a really good story, had very good pacing, you know, um, and obviously the, the gameplay mechanics were just bar none the best. So I don't know. Um, I think if they end up throwing out an update or something that, yeah, they need to scale that. They need to scale that difficulty down. They have to because it, it just doesn't make for a very, a very, enjoyable experience and again to me because i i don't ever adjust my games for easy mode ever ever but i had to for this because i felt like if i didn't i was at a roadblock because what would what, what would have been the other option to start from scratch and 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 try to see where i did wrong in the initial approach because maybe there was something i missed that's where I was. I was like, either I'm going to start this game over or I'm going to or I'm going to just go to easy. Now, now I'm sitting there thinking, do I need to go down to very easy just so I can get past this level? That's insane. And and you shouldn't have to do that. But when I'm not playing games, what am I doing, bro? I'm skating. You guys already know the deal. Um, It's so funny because I um. You know, as I've said in, in episodes before, I had that little hiccup where I got injured and I and I injured my Achilles and that was bad, man. That was just a bad, bad move. I don't know what the, I still to this day don't know exactly what I did with my Achilles. But all I know was I was in the most excruciating pain um, that I had ever experienced. And. You know, now I'm still a little unsure on my foot when it comes to skating, but it's getting better. You know, like I'm I'm 
now I'm I'm back driven and I'm just like back just really trying to like just get out there and 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 have some meaningful sessions as opposed to just testing my physicality and whatever. So it's it's actually been cool. But I've been taking this time to really kind of approach the more technical aspect because one thing that I have a big problem with is 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 buying decks and it's not just buying decks because because listen if I want to buy 100 decks I'll buy 100 decks right but I think for me especially it's been like I'm buying decks because I am 110% believing that this is going to make me a better skater right which is totally wrong. Like you should never think that the board is going to make you the better skater. You know, it's the practice that does it. Um, but I would get locked into these marketing tools where it's like, Oh, you know, this concave and this has more pop in this tail. And, and so, yeah, it got me up to about six or seven boards. And I actually got to the point where I had to like break down boards. Cause you know, for, lack of anything else I can't use seven boards in one session it just doesn't work and I and and I'm one of those people that you know in my in my indecisiveness I'd be really upset if I left the house with one deck and then got to my destination for a session and said man I wish I would have picked the other one you know but I made a compromise and I'm actually kind of excited because I feel like now I feel like at this very moment, I finally figured it out. I think I finally figured out what it is that I'm accomplishing with said decks and what it is I'm looking for. Because the thing about skating, which is so crazy and, and, Here's the thing. You got thousands and thousands of people on social media who are telling you how to skate if you're interested. Right. And you could go and look at a 100 videos about how to ollie and they all say that they're the fundamental. But how how are they all the fundamental when they're all different? They're all different. And it, it it just cracks me up. Same thing with it. it. It doesn't matter what trick it is. I mean, it could be any trick and everybody just has a different approach to it. But that that is where the key is. The key is to understand whether you're trying to ollie, kickflip, tray flip, you know, uh, front side fakey, whatever, like. Bro, everybody has a different way that they're going to do it. You just have to find your way. What you take is the concept of what you what you are trying to attempt with the board, and then you just find your way to get it done. That's it. It's not about like, oh, you got to do this part or you got to learn this part. No, nah, bro, just know what know what it is that you are trying to get the board to do. See understand the physics of how you know how you you're supposed to make that happen and then find a way to to, to for yourself to do it cuz no no one uh, no other person could ever tell you 
how to kickflip. They can tell you the concept behind the kickflip and what and what the mechanics of, of of a kickflip consist of. But when it comes to the the act in motion, it's it's all on you. It is absolutely all on you. But the one thing that again I was locked into was like these decks. It was like, oh, if I get this deck, it'll make it easier. If I get this deck, it'll make it easier. I, I, I would have sat there and just just bury myself with decks. And the same thing with with wheels. And, and I'm glad I didn't do it with trucks like that. That's that would have killed me. You know, because the one thing that doesn't change over over any aspect of skating or shouldn't is those trucks. You know, I was telling someone. You know, you can take. Like if you're comfortable on your on your deck. And let's just say for any instance, you you break your deck, you crack it, whatever the case is, you have nothing to fear, because at the end of the day, the feeling that you feel on that deck is not with the wood under your feet it's with the trucks on the ground. That's where everything is. It's all in those trucks. And I wish I would have known that. More so when I started skating because but at the same time where I am and what I know I feel like I'm grateful to be in my position because if you ask me well what trucks do you ride I would answer what trucks do they make because I'm pretty sure I have a deck that has every single major uh you know, uh, manufacturer. I got a deck that has independence. I got a deck that has thunder trucks. I have a deck that has crux trucks. I have a deck that has ace trucks. I got them all. And when I was first choosing trucks with my, with my decks, I, I was really doing it for, for the stake of of style. I'm I'm keeping it 110% with you. I literally did it because it was like, these are red. This has a red tone. I want these to match. That was it. But as I got deeper into understanding, again, the technicalities of skating. First off, I just I had to tell myself, you're buying way too many trucks. And how can you get yourself acclimated to any one, any set of them? If you're not staying true to one of them, you know, like if I'm a, like my, the whole thing is, if you're going to skate independent, then you should put independent trucks on pretty much all your decks. If you're going to skate thunders, put them on your, all your decks. Cause you have to wrap your mind around the concept of how that particular brand operates. Cause they do all operate very differently. Every last one of them. They are extremely different. And so. I basically took that understanding and was like, all right, well. Now that I know that. Fundamentally, these trucks are going to operate differently. Let's 
you because I I basically painted it as a mistake. It was like, okay, you've gone this far, you've bought this many trucks, and you you're all over the place. You're literally all over the place. So now that you have all these different trucks, make your decks for different purposes. And that is something I'm 110% behind. I feel personally like, listen, if a person has one skate deck, that's perfectly fine because you'll be so much more proficient in your execution of what type of skating you want to do. It, it, it won't matter. And I would never look at a person who has one deck and say, well, you'd be a lot better if you if you if you put these trucks on there or if you had that. Nah, you're going to be a lot better off. However. For someone like me, who I understand fundamentally like, yo, I like to go fast at times. I like to attempt to be more technical at times. And then sometimes I'm just right in the middle. So with that, it's like, what do you do? And what I decided to do was I basically just said, look, I'm I'm going to I'm going to make three primary decks. They're all going to be the best of what I need them to do. Individually. So. I got me a I got me a eight point five <clears throat> creature deck and that that joint is sitting on some thunder trucks. I got some uh, I just switched them out for some 103 Formula Four Spitfires. That's my technical. Uh, that's my technical board. That's the one that I that if I'm trying to, you know, practice up on ollies or try to do a kickflip or whatever. That's the board I'm doing. If I'm thinking about slapping curves or or, you know, I want to just get some some heavy grinds in. I got a I got a I got a 10. I got a 10 inch heroin deck on some independence. I believe they're 169s. Stage 11 forged hollows. I got them sitting on some 58 millimeters. And and I'm 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 and plus the fact that I'm damn near going, you know, at this at a, at an elevated speed than than what I'm capable of on those 103 millimeters. Can't get very much speed. I mean, unless you're just pushing your ass off. But outside of that, I, I could I could fly on on that damn thing. So whether I'm grinding or I'm just or I'm just cruising it for speed, I have that. Then when I'm just kind of like chilling, and I just want a board to just be around. And I'm just really not like I'm not trying to go nowhere quick and I'm not trying to really flip around like I, I might bust a ollie here or there. I got I got me a uh, I got me a C rat. My C rat is like eight, eight point seven five. I got that sitting on some aces with some Rick the clouds and I'm and I'm chilling. I mean that like that's my board. And that and that and and those in between those three setups, nothing changes. 
so when I'm so when I'm feeling a certain type of way as far as what I want to do on the street, I just bust out the board that's necessary for that particular moment. And it's easy and I don't have to overthink it. And I could easily take three decks somewhere. But in that same stroke, there are certain decks that just aren't necessary for certain places. So if I go to if I go to a skate park, which is very rare, but when I, but if I do, all I got to do is just take the one with the 103s and the one with the Rick the Clouds and I'm solid. I might take the Rick the Clouds off and do some different wheels. But as far as the board setups, those two, I wouldn't take I wouldn't take the 10. I wouldn't need to unless I was thinking about skating the bowl. If I'm on the streets, I wouldn't even I wouldn't dare bust out the 103. I wouldn't do it. Unless I want to I want to fly like Superman, have my hands out, bust my grill. But short of that, I'll bust out the 10, maybe bust out the 875 and we we good. And that and that's been the biggest joy recently as far as my skating is just find finding that holy trinity and being like, all right, I'm good. Like I never had like so now the other four decks that I got, they're just really waiting to be purposed in the event that one of the other decks fail me. Well, it's really, really one of the other two decks because the other decks that I have uh, on standby, they're they're pretty they pretty much fall in that wheelhouse of like eight to you know eight point five, maybe I, I think I got an eight two five I don't know, and then I got the nine point one three Andy deck, you know, so it's like they they're just standing by just waiting. But once I once I run through that gambit, I'm always going to have a firm idea of where I need to be with what decks I have and how I can utilize them for whatever situation or circumstance. Could it just be as easy as just changing out wheels on something? It could. But to me, it's not as effective. It it would make me no sense to put 103s on that on that 10 with them, you know, those big independents. It just doesn't make it doesn't make because the thing about because what's the point of those 103s? So I can be technical. I can't be very technical on a 10 unless I'm already down packed with the technicalities that I understand. Like if I know how to kick flip and I know how to uh, perform a lot of tricks then yeah, I can sit there and I can you you know try to do stuff with different boards all day. But for what it but for what those decks mean to me fundamentally, I, I, I have I have a sound understanding on what I have done with the decks that I have. And it's beautiful. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um I was actually at the uh what was funny yesterday was I was experimenting because I, I was I was like literally at the finish line of this understanding where I was like, yo, I think that this all needs to break down to three decks, but let me build all seven back up and then see where my understanding is. And I built them all, built every last one of them. 
And then I broke four down because I was like, yeah, I'm sitting, I'm riding on them. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But those three there are the ones that need to be constantly around. Those are the ones that need to be around constantly. Without question and and not changed. I think the only thing that I the only thing that I would change is. The wheel type. That's it. I would just change the wheel type. But for the most part, I ride 54, 54, 56 millimeter. 95A normally. 95A normally. But I but like I said, with those 103s, it, it, it's it's more about the technic the technicality, getting tricks down, you know, um, I believe those are 53 millimeter, maybe 54 smaller size just gives me more versatility as far as what I'm trying to accomplish. But, you know, I got, I got the wheels to, to, you know, be as effective as I need in any given moment. So yeah, but, but as far as like the trucks, those will never change. Those will never change. And when it comes down to like the three trucks that I have, like I, I honestly feel like I'm probably going to start going more towards Ace. I like how Ace trucks act. I also like Thunders too. So it's probably going to be a toss up between the two. But I love those. I love the ability for those really sharp turns. And when when needed, that very stable reaction, you get those trucks tightened up because because i because with my 10 i roll those on i roll those kind of squirrely i roll that kind of squirrely those trucks are kind of squirrely i put I, I loosen up those trucks because i want that kind of wavy reaction you know with those 103s those trucks are tightened down i got them tight 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 because i do not want that thing to move right if i if i'm going to attempt to flip that bad boy i need i need to assure myself that it is going to be right back under my feet that that's that's how I approach that. And then my in-between board, as as said, it's in between. Not too tight, not too squirrely. We there. So that's how I that's how I got that whole setup. So that's what I've been doing as far as skating, you know, when I'm not gaming. But as far as uh other thing about gaming, man, so um WWE just came out with their newest uh iteration of their wrestling games and this one got me quite interested because i know two years ago that was the that was the game they released and it was just like a hot mess and um i knew it was a hot mess just on delivery it was just like <clears throat> it just did not look good I, I was not interested in the slightest and um yeah, I was I was just kind of over it. I was over it because I, I, I made a comment online where I basically told people I was like, look, last time I last time I picked up a wrestling game, Brock Lesnar was on the cover. And I think that was like 2019, maybe 2018. I, I'm not sure. I don't even remember which one that was. But that, that was the last time I picked up a wrestling game. And then I just kind of watched the rest of them come out. And it was just like, yeah, like it's the same junk, same, same thing. And 
you know, with 22, you know, I was, I was, um, what interested me with 22 is that they, they are making an effort to really turn the table upside down, so to speak. You know, they got rid of the old developer. They got a new development team. They built a whole new engine for the game. And they're implementing features and modes that people have been clamoring for for years. And I think that's I think that's tight. Because the one thing that I'm I'm big on is listening to your fans. Holding transparency and also holding dialogue, letting people know. That's why, like, I'm a big fan of NetherRealm Studios because, like, NetherRealm will sit there, you know, through full development and trickle down all of their implementations and let their fans know. Look, we just made this character. Let we're gonna spend a whole day playing with this character so you can see how this character is gonna operate when we release him. And if people say. He looks too strong. He looks like, you know, his 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 five hit combo just looks a little too a little too wonky or doesn't look right animated. Guess what they do? They go back to the drawing board and they and they they uh, refine these issues that people bring up. And I feel like WWE is putting themselves in a position where. They can now act in that way. Um. You know, one of the modes that I'm interested in in is um, uh, the GM mode, because I'm not really too, I'm not really into competitive games anymore as far as like <clears throat> sitting on the couch with people. Because, I, 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 you know, the one thing I, I, I'm, you know, getting older, the one thing I can't stand is people talking crap. I just I, I can't handle it like I used to be able to. I used to be able to just ignore it. But like it really does kind of make me feel a certain type of way when people start trash talking. So I just play stuff that's just mellow. So yeah, if you give me a GM mode and I can just sit there and just make rosters and watch matches play out and get scored on, you know, my decisions and my movements and stuff like that, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with that 110%. You know, I do, I do enjoy career modes in games where, you know, they allow you to make a character that is a rep representation of yourself or your interest or whatever. And, you know, cause, cause then at that point I'm really just competing against myself and I don't have to worry about, you know, how I'm looking as far as what, you know, what I've created. Cause I, you know, cause it's me against me. Um, but it looks fun. It looks fun. It looks really fun. Um, I feel like they got the characters looking right. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think this is one of those games that, you know, just given the time people are going to start to gravitate back towards, uh, WWE games as an interest. Cause I think a lot of people just kind of flocked away and it's just like, cause again, it's not that same game that, that it used to be. I mean, we're still miles away from like the SmackDown games, um, you know, the Raw versus SmackDown games, like those those were amazing, right? But I think that the developer in all those years had just become so complacent 
with what they were shelling out that it just never mattered. And, you know, one of the big things for me with wrestling games, and I used to say this all the time, is like you have to reflect the moment that is current and is on everybody's mind. You know, you can't make a game and, you know, if a person's changed their attire, have them wearing what they wore last year. It just doesn't feel right. Doesn't make sense. I mean, at the least, you know, give me a patch update or something. I mean, that was, that, that was just the way I looked at, looked at stuff. It, it, it still feels kind of funny, and I know it doesn't mean anything for younger uh, the younger uh, fans of the games because they don't really understand the politics of wrestling and whatever, but it's always funny to me to kind of, like, still see, like, people in the game that I know have made different career moves. Like, I was watching some uh, gameplay footage last night, and uh, somebody was using William Regal and... I looked at some other stuff and Samoa Joe was in there and, you know, I heard Jeff Hardy still in the game. It's like, really? Like, I guess if, I guess if, if contractually, you know, you have that right to do it, then whatever. But I don't know. Like I said, I I would, I would just make these things more reflective of, of what's going on in the exact moment. Like that would be my day one patch. Like, okay. When we, when we were making this game, this dude was signed to us. He's no longer signed to us. So I'll patch him out of the game and that'll just be that. Or patch him as a, you know, I'll patch it as he's an unlockable character instead of just being on the main rosters. Uh, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, it's just, I, I think it's just the way that I, I've grown up as such a dedicated fan to, to sports entertainment and just the way that I want to consume sports entertainment. So, you know, and, and honestly, th- this is like, again, I think what they're doing with WWE 2K22 is cool. But it really is making me itch for the reaction of what AEW is going to present as a game, because I really hope that AEW's approach is more of an arcadey one. Like I want them to do less simulation, more ridiculous arcade type gaming, um, because I, I feel like at the end of the day, the one point that is most important in any of these games is having fun. That's it. Um, What I wish I was having fun with is the Valve Steam Deck. I know I've been bringing up the Steam Deck a whole bunch on this show, and today's no different. Um, It's really funny because I'm actually... So, if you don't know... um, the Steam Deck is a system that is uh, going to be, or it is released by Valve. Um, it came out on February 25th. And uh, a lot of people were excited, or you can color them interested. Um, Gabe Newell went on a, you know, kind of like a presser and was talking about, you know, the, the Steam Deck and whatever. And, uh, you know, shortly after, you know, he was laying out all the details on what they aspire to do. You know, they put the reservation system out there, which was genius because it was basically a deterrent for anybody who was trying to just scout, um, which I thought was cool. And it gave me a better window of obtaining one because I never, ever am lucky enough to obtain day one anything. 
you know, I don't know if it's because I'm not fast enough or what the heck it is, but for for Valve to like really make um, layers for people interested in the system to kind of jump through in order to obtain it, I feel like, okay, you're you're really securing this for the interest of real fans. So I was able to get myself into uh, the running for a Steam Deck. And uh, what I what I found was cool is that they basically have three versions. So you can place yourself wherever you feel like you want to be financially with Valve. You know, the entry level one has like 600 and six uh 64 gigs yeah it has 64 gigs um it has expandable storage so you could always you know get the entry level one and you know run to the store and get 100 gigs or however many you feel like is sufficient for your type of gaming and you're there and uh then they got the next version that i believe was 256 and then they had the next version, which was 512. Now, when it was my turn to, to uh, reserve, I immediately got 512. I was like, yo, I'm not even going to begin to compromise, um, you know, this experience. And I think most of that was predicated off of the fact that I felt like most people were going to go for the entry level one or the mid tier one. So I was like, let me just put myself out of the skew of everybody else. If this means I'm going to get it faster to get a more expensive one, so be it. So I was really I was really getting that uh, or or reserving the most expensive one because I just wanted to beat the rat race. And I was I was sorely wrong. You know, let Gabe Newell tell it. He was even surprised that the majority of the people who uh went to reserve the system wanted the most expensive one and it kind of crushed me because it was like man well that just means i'm going to be waiting longer because you know everybody piled into my line <laughs> um or the unexpected line. i don't want to call it my line but they they lined themselves up unexpectedly where i did not foresee them going and um you know, it's it's been it's been it's been a process because I basically went through the reservation uh, kind of thinking, well, it's just five dollars. And I think that that's the view from most people. It's just five dollars. And I was so sure that people would turn around and <clears throat> and say, well, I want my five dollars back because now I, I'm deeming this too expensive. Because they're pricey, you know, the 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 largest one is six forty nine U.S. Um, And yeah, I wasn't I wasn't going to attempt to sneeze at it. I was going to make the best effort possible to obtain that particular skew and you know safe to say i've saved up my money i'm continuing to save my money 
Um, you know, I basically have enough that if they turned around tomorrow and said, hey, you know, it's ready to pay, I can do that. And I wouldn't be any worse in my normal life for it. You know, because it, it's, it's crazy because, you know, you got a lot of times where people will make sacrifices or whatever. But this was this is like one of those purchases for me that I don't have to sacrifice anything. This isn't this isn't a balance of life versus, you know, uh, interest or, or, you know, necessity, you know, versus, you know, um, desires. It's not that. It's literally extra money that I'm holding on to that has no purpose in, in my regular flow of living that I could allocate to this particular interest. And I'm I'm super excited about that. I'm super, super excited about it. Like if I go and I buy this Steam Deck today, I'm not starving tomorrow. <laughs> and <laughs> excuse me. I think it's, you know, it's it's really something, you know, to to put yourself in that position where you don't have to make that particular sacrifice. So, you know, I say all that to say like I'm extremely good and I'm going to I'm going to remain good, you know, as far as uh how much time I have between receiving a notification to pay for the system and now you know because i you know it's i guess i guess they're still catering to their q1 people like that's the one thing that i was a little upset about or i am a little upset about like i don't feel that there's a full level of transparency on where people stand in these queues you know, if I go to the butcher and I pull number 12 and I look up and I see that they're on, you know, number six, then I know I have five more people that are ahead of me. You know, it, it I know exactly where I stand and I and I can I can make a more informed decision on what I'm doing in that very moment. OK, I'm number 12. There are number six. Let me go and grab something out of aisle number six while I'm waiting. And when I come back, they may be on eight or nine. But I don't really know where the heck I am as far as their system in place, because it's only as vague as telling you, you know, your your reservation is for a queue two it's like there's three months in that like so where in q2 am i like like give me like give me a hard number like tell me that like yo we you you know in q2 you are number 15 to be serviced when q2 hits once april hits you're gonna be that number of person to get your stuff you know, it's so vague and I understand why it's that vague is because they don't want to make empty promises based on, you know, things that they might not be able to turn around and create or manufacture. Maybe at some point they just don't have enough resources to 
make any more Steam Decks or whatever. Like, that's a very real possibility. You know, we were dealing with, that's what we're dealing with currently with the whole Xbox PS5 fiasco where they're short on these chips and, you know, they don't have enough resources to get them in the hands of everybody. You know, like, this is the very reason that I don't want to even pursue getting a normal console because it's too much of a challenge to even stand in a place like even to just stand in a place is too much of a challenge when it comes to getting a normal console like I don't want to have to feel lucky about getting a console it should it shouldn't be about luck to be a consumer luck has nothing to do with being a consumer right and I think I'm again I, I'm I'm comfortable in my position now because I got plenty of games to play. You know, I got plenty of things to play. I got my PS Vita, I got my 3DS, I got my freaking computer, you know, for whatever entry level whatever's I want to do. Um if I feel like I want to bust out the PS4 again, I can do that. Like I got ways, you know, I got game streaming services, I got all kinds of stuff. Um but for what it's worth, I definitely would like to have a more firm understanding on where, you know, on when I have the potential to get a Steam Deck. Because, man, I tell you, you know, like, and I, and, I think, and I think most people who are in my quarter are probably being as hopeful as I am. Oh, man, we should just get it by April. We should be okay. Yeah, but in a quarter, you got three months. It could be April. It could be May. It could be June. You know, that's the reality of the situation. And I was telling uh, someone uh, close to me, I was like, can you imagine if I if I didn't get an opportunity to pay for this until June? By June, I'd probably have enough money saved up to buy four or five If I wanted to, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I've already been, you know, trying to allocate my understanding of how I'm, how I'm, you know, uh, spending my time waiting for this machine. Like, Oh, you know, once, you know, once I get money beyond, you know, the initial system, I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take the extra money and I'm going to start, I'm going to get the SD cards and stuff and, you know, anything that I can, you know, get me some etched glass for the screen and this, that, and the other, just, Making sure that when I get my deck, it is going to be the most phenomenal experience, right? But, I mean, all that would be easier if I just knew like a day or or just a, just a mild window. And, you know, the, the Q2 2022 is not mild. That is absolutely lukewarm. Um... But yeah, you know, but one of the one of the things that, you know, Steam Deck has had me doing is it's had me it's had me like really getting on on Steam proper and just like wish listing a bunch of games like a bunch. I mean, I still haven't played Elden Ring. I know. And it's just been driving me nuts on social media, like watching everybody play and get to bosses and get wrecked or 
you know, find victory. And it's just been it's been awesome, like looking at all that. But I want to partake. And it's just been so hard. Like, that's the biggest, um, you know, that's that's the hardest part about waiting to get the steam deck because it's like yo i want to play that game but you know i'm 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 one of those people that i've grown up enough in my understanding on how the world works and how i operate to know that like look this game ain't going nowhere it's going to be here when the steam deck gets out you know my experience is my own experience and no matter when i you know experience it i'm good you know i'm not gonna i'm not too late for nothing you know like you know, just because, you know, uh, there's a number of people that are going to have finished the game already or know the story inside and out. That's fine. That's just just fine. I don't have to be a part of that conversation. I just have to enjoy my experience when I get the chance to experience it. That's it. So that's my mindset. But, man, the other thing that has me really going crazy is like now because I know that I was I was a big champion of Google Stadia, right? I still enjoy Google Stadia, but now it's starting to bother me a little bit. Because here's the thing. I'm buying a Steam Deck for the physicality of the purchases, the game, the system, everything, the ecosystem, if you will. Like, that's why I'm buying it. And now I have to, you know, like, like, yeah, there's there's the capability, you know, that, you know, you can hook up, uh, you know, you can hook up Google Stadia, you know, you can hook up Game Pass and, you know, uh, X Cloud and all that stuff. Like, yeah, you could do all that. But that's not what I want to do. Like, that's not what I feel like I want to utilize my Steam Deck for. I want to use my Steam Deck to buy games on Steam and enjoy it in its you know in its contained environment i don't want to you know uh go through the browser and 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 play google you know google uh, stadia so now i'm sitting here thinking about the games that i have purchased on google stadia you know and it's like man it's 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 just a little crazy because I because I got a few games that I bought on Google Stadia. You know, I got Resident Evil Village on Stadia. That's a huge one that I wish like, man, I wish I would have got it on Steam. Cyberpunk 2077 got it on Google Stadia. You know. Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. One of my favorite Assassin's Creed games all on Google Stadia. And yes, I'm going to still have the ability to play these games, but because they're not in that ecosystem, now it's either it's going to be a challenge because it's like, okay, you either are going to start these games over or you're just going to comply with the fact that you only own it in one area and just don't make that mistake again. Because I... Cause Cause I, I I'm I'm beginning to understand that Google Stadia is not all that it's cracked up to be. Like it, it it's 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 cool for the sake of having a convenient internet connection, a couple of controllers, and no need for a console. 
for that, it wins marks. But at the end of the day, it's like Google Stadia is not doing anything to remain relevant to the standards of today. Because to be quite honest, I wouldn't be thinking twice about a, a Steam Deck if Elden Ring was on Google Stadia. If, if you know, if anything short of, you know, like, because, yeah, Resident Evil Village, that was a good one. It wasn't no hit, but it was a good one. I mean, it was a hit enough to, to really, you know, give Capcom revenue. But we're talking about, like, you know, game of the year type stuff. Like, y'all got Sekiro. Why not just bring the original trilogy? Like, what? what is it that I don't understand what's being talked about at Google that's not allowing state? Like, you're a streaming service. It takes nothing for you to get that game going for people to play on your streaming service. Because all you're doing is just storing it on a hard drive. You know, the hardware is an implementation on what you have, what you're basing, you know, your, your, your standard system on, which I would assume you're doing it from the highest grade possible. You know, I'm I'm assuming Google Stadia is meant to emulate a high-end ultra PC. What's the deal? What 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 where where is the technicality in that? I don't understand. So I hope somebody can make me understand because I really do you know, Google Stadia in execution seemed so simple to me. And now, you know, when I because because a lot of these things seem like no brainers. It should be a no brainer that Elden Ring should be on that system. Or or service. It's not a system service. They should be they should be day and date with a lot of the stuff because because it's the same concept. As if you were purchasing a game digitally which you still have the ability to do on Google Stadia. It's just all streaming through the internet. Like where I don't, I, I don't understand what the break is or, or the breakdown is. I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why it's so much harder for them to execute when they have the easiest road to uh, allowing consumers to have particular media. I don't know. I, I, I'm i stuck. So with that, I mean, like, am I going to load Google Stadia on Steam Deck? Yes, of course. But but trust and believe it is not going to be for the factor of saying, well, I'm such a Google Stadia fan. I got to continue playing in this ecosystem. No, trust trust and believe once once I get my head wrapped around enough AAA titles in an ecosystem like uh, Steam where I'm used to playing. I'm wrapping that up. I'm going to take the loss. I'll take the loss. I'll rebuy the games on Steam and I'll take the loss. 
because it's not worth it to continue putting faith and resources and interest into something that isn't allowing itself to take advantage of something that takes no effort to do. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is something that I don't understand on the technical side of how Google Stadia operates. But I, I, I really don't think that that's that's the case. That exhale right there. I had that on my mind for a long time. You know what else I had on my mind for a long time? And this, this is totally off off the side, but I just really need to get this off my chest. Shout out to Starbucks because they do make great coffee. But man, I tell you, one of the most annoying things about Starbucks, about Starbucks, is their inability to have dark roast coffee at all times. Like, I don't understand what the deal is i don't understand what the breakdown is i understand my my enjoyment my preference but when you break my preference to where i gotta accept something that isn't even on my radar like i don't even like pike's roast i think they're i think their original blend of whatever their coffee is is complete garbage and I just don't understand why you wouldn't have the other option available. It's never available. Never, ever, ever. You cannot go into a Starbucks after a certain time. And this was 1130. I couldn't even get a second dark roast coffee. Somebody has to explain it to me. Like somebody really has to explain that to me. One of the other things, I was actually sitting at Starbucks today. I was trying to play some uh, Final Fantasy VI, which was funny because I left my, um, I was playing on my tablet and I left my keyboard and mouse at work on my desk. So when I got to a point where I needed to type a uh, character's name, um, I wasn't able to do that because I had no keyboard. And for some reason, the virtual keyboard would not shoot up. So that's something they need to rectify on the back end. I don't know. But yeah, um, when I was sitting there, th and this happens often, you know, um, I uh, came into view of, I'll just say a less than fortunate individual, you know, clearly homeless, uh, clearly distressed. And it's just always so sad for me. You know, it's really sad. And I think I think with homelessness, as far as my position is concerned, I think everybody has a story to tell. Everybody has a different reason that they're in that predicament. But the one thing that that I can't wrap my mind around is why people aren't allowing themselves a way out. Like I watched this, I watched this kid, right? He was clearly younger than me. Um, and he's sitting at this table and I mean, he's completely disheveled. I mean, t-shirt messed up, no socks, shoes on, you know, you could tell somebody, you know, you could tell at moments, you know, people attempted to help him, but I mean, here he was. 
you know, with a with a soiled blanket, you know, and just a long face. Just it, it was crazy. And I'm of the mindset that I'm more than willing to help somebody with a meal. But I'm more inclined to help you with a step. You know, I I kept looking at the kid and I'm thinking, what, what can we do to allow this individual to take a step towards his progress? Because nobody can just, nobody can just be comfortable being on the streets. Can they be complacent? Yes. But if you gave that same person an ability to sleep in a comfortable bed, I don't think that there's the preference to just to be on the streets. If you gave a person the ability to, you know, hot water and soap versus sitting soiled and and distressed, I don't think a person would just sit there if they had the option for the latter or for the former. And 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 that's where I'm always thinking, you know, it's like what where can we help people? Cuz yeah, to me again, I have no problem. You know, if 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 that kid if that kid had made a motion because I because because, again, I don't I don't know where people stand. So I can't like really make this assumption that he was hungry or this, that and the other. It's like if you my whole thing is this. If you want something, then you speak on what you need. That's it. And that, that goes for everybody, homeless or not. You want something, speak on it. So if that kid had come in and said, excuse me, sir, I am hungry I need, you know, something to eat. I would have taken him into Starbucks and I would have said, grab anything that you want. Grab even grab something for later, whatever you got to do. Just let's just get you taken care of. But see, my whole thing is like, to me, that's not enough. Like. Giving someone a full stomach in the moment of their strife is just allowing them to have more energy to look onto their bad circumstance. And that's not, to me, that's not feasible. I feel like we gotta, we gotta find ways to, again, allow people to take a step in the, in a good direction, you know, and shout out to people who, who help, uh, you know, individuals that are, that are challenged on the streets, you know, shout out to that. Cause like I said, everybody has a story. We just don't understand them. And most, most of them aren't allowed to share their part of, of what, their life's meaning is in that moment. But I just, I've been so 
disheartened by the fact that we don't have resources in place because listen life is a is a full-blown journey and a lot of times you know there are missteps and mishaps and miscues that people get that can land them in a predicament that is out of their control but what resources are in place to allow a person to shift and make the adjustments so that they can place themselves in a better position. It's not anybody's responsibility to, you know, feed this person, shelter this person. But in a sense of compassion, we have to understand that that's not the most ideal position for anybody. For anybody. And and, and in that, we should just be asking that question. What what is being done or what can be done to help this person take a step? But that's all I got for today, man. I hope you guys enjoyed your day. I hope, uh, you know, tomorrow brings more fortune, more good goodness, you know. I know I'm going to enjoy my Sunday. I'm going to rest. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to get back to work, you know, on Monday and get back to it, you know, with you guys next weekend. So there it is. Uh, Let me know. Did you guys already see the Batman? Um, Who would you look at as a uh, standout villain for a sequel? Um, Do you have... uh, uh, I think it's called Triangle Strategy. Um, how do you find that game as far as its difficulty? Um, do you skateboard? I know I skateboard. Maybe we can talk about skateboarding. Hit me up online. Um, do you have two, uh, WWE 2K22? What are you feeling about the improvements that have been made? Do you think that they've done enough, or do you think that they need to continue building on um, that and making the game better? Um, do you have a reservation for a Steam Deck? Are you still waiting? Did you get one? If you did get it, how do you like it? Um, Are you on Google Stadia? Do you enjoy continuing to play that? Um, Or did you give up on it and uh, feel like you're looking for that next wave? Uh, How is your experience in Starbucks? Um, You know, do they always have what you need? Do they always have what you want? Or do you always find yourself wanting something that is never, ever there? And how would you help? the homeless epidemic that is in this country, in the U S you know, what things would you implement in order to rectify or control this situation and this circumstance that affects so many different people? I would love to hear from you guys. You guys can hit me up on Twitter, more T a podcast. And we can just open a dialogue about any one of those uh, particular interests that we talked about today. So with that being said, you guys already know the drill. This is James. This is more than a podcast. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys.